Hey. Hi. We are back. Yes. We're talking about Pride's many sides. There are many sides to Pride. Oh, yeah. It's a... Oodles. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like... Um, I'm going to start with three verses tonight because I think it's really important to dial these in a little bit and get us to a, you know, get us to a starting point. In Proverbs 11 to it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 11 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23, one's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Yeah, I notice a pattern. When you look at all of these, it reinforces that pride brings disgrace, destruction, and just general lowness. But the humility that he calls us to brings wisdom and honor and many other promises throughout the Bible where he just straight up encourages us to focus on him. But when you read pride, what is pride? How does it manifest in all of these different ways? Well, pride is hubris, right? And the pride in the Bible is when you're preferring self-will over God's will. Isn't that our most natural state? You can wake up in the morning and that is your default. Your default is to think about what you're feeling, what your status is, what you want to do, what you need to do, what you don't want to do, what you like, what you don't like. (laughs) And all of it, you're at the center and you don't want to admit it because it's terrible to admit it. Does that determine how many times you hit snooze? (laughs) Possibly, (laughs) you know, it's all about you. Right. And it's so easy to fall into that. And it's easy also for the enemy to just use it to beat you over the head and knock you down, discourage you. That's not the point of this episode. Right. This is a pantry staple episode because of how big an issue it is, how many different ways we still make it about self. And that shouldn't discourage us. It should get us excited because some of those are really easy to fix which will instantly bring us more wisdom, more honor, right? More help, more blessing, more ability to help others. But then also when you know about something, you can submit it to the Lord. So Mm. it's important to understand what pride means. And you know what? It's okay. That's the point. It's okay. Because even though I know I will fail, I will fail. There's so many ways we're going to fail. And I know I'm going to fail in pride, but I also know who the healer is. Amen. I also know who I'm grounded in and I know who's going to adjust me. It's amazing when we were looking at this in a study perspective, the basicness of the English language. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like amazing how pride in Hebrew and in Greek have multiple different words with different descriptions. And what does the English language do? We lump it all together. And we call it <laughs> pride. Um, so I would encourage people to go out, right? And when you study, take it to the Greek, take it to the Hebrew. It's it's really important to understand what was really being said. Because sometimes in translation, okay, you go to Latin and then you come back to English and it's just like, it's all over the place. But like some of the things, pride, good pride, glory, righteousness, etc. You know, it's, there's, a, there's a lot there. I'm not going to list them out. They will be in our show notes so that everybody can look at these. While other times pride is actually arrogance, presumptuousness, lack of humility. So when you study these, really dig deep into the translation so that you understand what we're reading. There's some positive ones though. Not very many. The Bible has very few positive demonstrations of pride, but I want to label some of them out so you'd understand what I'm saying when I say, yeah, there's good pride. 
the pride of the land of Israel, which is in Psalms 47.4, Ezekiel 24.21, or God's pride, majesty, and excellency. Exodus 15.7, Job 37.4, Isaiah 2.10. It's kind of cool to know that when we're talking about good pride, we're talking about God. Right. So I know where I need to be. Yeah. It's important to go there just because when you're reading the Bible and then when you're just using our English language, it's easy to start wondering, wait, should I be proud of my child? Should I be proud of X, Y, Z? Because that's pride, right? And pride is a sin. It's important to always take it back to what Shay said. Is it all about God and his glory? Is it representing him well? Or is it about self? And when I was looking into things, researching, I found this amazing quote by Dennis Kinlaw. And it says, Satan disguises submission to himself under the ruse of personal autonomy. He never asks us to become his servants. Never once did the serpent say to Eve, I want to be your master. The shift in commitment is never from Christ to evil. It is always from Christ to self. And instead of his will, self-interest now rules and what you want reigns. And that is the essence of sin. We always think that there's this vie for mastership. There's this battle and there is. But whereas God is very transparent saying, I am the Lord of Lords. I am the King of Kings. And it is the wisest thing you can do to come under me and my authority. The devil, as usual, comes in this underhanded way because he knows if you're not for the Lord, you're for him. So it's actually an amazing business model because it's incredibly efficient. It requires the least effort on his part. It requires the least individualized attention and time to just put you completely focused on yourself and walk away because then now effort can be focused on the next person. The next, it's just this, it's natural for us to focus on ourselves, but he sends it into overdrive by reinforcing it and making it a part of ingrained society, ingrained culture. Even in collectivist cultures, it's about the group aside from God. It's about the group of humans or the individual human, not about what God wants for that group. It is kind of amazing how he works. It's amazing how he took his own sin, pride, and tried to transfer that over onto Eve. I like what Ken Law said as well. He never went to her and said, worship me. He went and offered her God's knowledge, eat this fruit. And that's something that he did from the very beginning. In Isaiah 14, we find a fascinating portrait of the first casualty of pride. It's how the devil became the devil. God didn't create a devil. God created Lucifer, this dazzling, beautiful angel highest of the cherubim, leader of the heavenly choir, and the most intelligent and powerful of all created beings. But see, Lucifer, now the devil, through his own means, was prideful. And he mirrored that onto Eve. Do you want this knowledge? And she bit, literally. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, here we are, living in that beginning of pride. Our goal for this episode is not just to point out things like, you know, you're wearing expensive, trendy clothes, thinking you're better, you're craving power, you've got pride, right? I think those are the types of things we all associate with pride and most believers consciously battle and try not to fall into. It's safe to say that those are the ones that are most commonly linked to the word pride, but pride can manifest in 
any aspect of our lives. And you might not even realize it. And that's what we're hoping to do. Become more aware to when we're making it about us, taking God out. If you're not defining it as making it about you, you're like, no, I'm making it about someone else. But is God at the center of your focus on someone else? Our favorite term there is Christ-centric. (laughs) Christ-centric, right? You know, the seven deadly sins, the other six, aside from pride, they're all subcategories. Pride almost is interchangeable with sin. It's self-driven, presumptuous, haughty. It's puffed up. It's anytime you think you know better. In the Bible, you might think the kings, the Pharisees, because, you know, they were image conscious, self-centered. But there are a lot of things that we think happen when we lack pride, but they're actually manifestations of pride themselves. So it's not just the puffed up person. It's the person with the negative self image. When you're feeling overwhelmed, but you're unwilling to ask for help. Mm. When you're believing that you don't deserve good things, the Lord has said he will provide. It's not about your worth, right? When you're letting your actions define who you are. Enneagram type three, right? What I'm good at was how I defined myself and how I proved my worth in a situation. I didn't think I was good enough on my own. I had to provide something, but In Christ, all of that has the potential to really change. The person who thinks they're better than everybody doesn't care what others think about them. And the one who obsesses over what others think, they're both guilty of pride. And that's what we mean by the many sides of pride, because sometimes people don't see that the low self-esteem and the grandiose self-esteem, they're on the same pride hole. And so self-esteem needs to be completely reliant on Christ's esteem of you. I've always liked all the verses. I am holy because he is holy. I mean, you can carry that. I am worthy because he is worthy. And it's because of this reflectance, who he created us to be. It always goes back to our identity in Christ. And I really like what you're saying. The idea that, you know, we always think of the the big puffed up chest because, you know, my examples of pride, join the army, be all you can be, be the best that you can be, (laughs) drive, strive, and and go forward. And we have rules, you know, that we're supposed to follow. But I mean, it really does instill this mind frame that you could get into the ring with a 700-pound gorilla and you could take him. (laughs) I got it. God tries to offer you, you you'll take water from him, but you won't tag him and bring him in. And my life was like that. It was like, I got this. I can handle this. And I've got this took me down to rock bottom. Right. But see, that's where I needed to be, being rock bottom. I needed to understand that it wasn't me. I needed to understand that he was the one who designed me. He is the one who cleansed me. He is the one who is forming me in his image. Because that is when you start to realize you got to put that self aside. Now watch this. I know all of this. (laughs) I know all of this. I've been to rock bottom and yet I see it. And it's something that's instilled and ingrained in us. And we, we need to capture that thought when it comes and we need to put Jesus onto it and say, Hey Jesus, look, I recognize this and I need to, I need to work on it. It's so important to have that accurate understanding of who God says you are. Anything that deviates from that is pride. The original reason why I wanted to even have this episode was because I saw people struggling with self-esteem issues on the narcissistic side where they're they're hyper-focused on their shortcomings and it's defeating them, even though they're in Christ. They're scared of rejection. They can't cope well with correction, feel so low in who they are. It's also a pride issue because if you mislabel the kind of issue it is, 
you're liable to start tackling the problem in the wrong way. Submit things to God that might not be what he's waiting on you to submit to him to fix this specific problem. It might fix something else, but if you think the problem's over there and that's why you feel so low, then fix that problem. Go ahead. It's not going to fix how you feel about yourself. It's not just the big lion with the fancy mane that has a pride problem. So you have to be aware of what the actual problem is. And for most of our problems, it's just us not identifying with who Christ said. And what he has to say about us is good enough doesn't sound like a good enough way to say it, but it's good enough. You don't need anything else aside from what he has said you are to feel complete. It's just very tempting to compensate in who we are. And my heart breaks. I'm just going to be real right now because I think this podcast can reach more than just the believer. In the world, my identity was defined by the world. If I failed, I was a failure. If I was an addict or I did drugs and then I wanted to get out of it, I'm labeled an addict. But in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has been put away. I remember when I first came to church, I would tell people, you know, I'm a recovering addict. And I changed that though, because he changed me. I'm no longer a recovering addict. I've been completely healed. And so that is the advantage we have. And my heart breaks for people who don't have that voice. And so that it leads us to the devices, right? It leads us to, to, to examples in the Bible where pride led to Uzziah's downfall in 2 Chronicles 26, 16. It hardened the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel 5.20, it goes before destruction in Proverbs 16.18. It does not seek God, Psalms 10.4. It brings disgrace, Proverbs 11.2. It breeds quarrels, Proverbs 13.10. It deceives, Jeremiah 49.16. I like that. It deceives. It makes you believe you're something that you're not. And God can realign that, by the way, y'all. Just, just stick there. It brings us low, Proverbs 29.23. We read Isaiah 2.11.23.9. It humbles Isaiah 2.17 and Daniel 4.37. If we listen to God, if we humble ourselves and we become selfless, we can conquer pride. We can have victory over pride. I'm really thinking here, I'm just being honest with, with everybody out there because I know I experienced this and I know what an impact it has in our everyday lives when we're either on the puffed up lion side or the lowly side of pride. It really drives our day. And it drives us in a direction that takes us away from the best place to be. And that is in God's graces. You can call your can opener a paperclip or a hammer. But when you try to use it for anything other than what it is, you're going to find yourself in some weird trouble. And that's why it's important to know who we are in Christ. That is nice. And I think I'm going to leave on one verse. And it's Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices God desires are a humble spirit. Oh God, a humble and repentant heart you will not reject. He never, ever rejects us. But when I humble my spirit, I kneel down before the Father in every aspect of my life. His name is in my thoughts or on my tongue. He becomes everything in my world. Because why? I don't want the other things to creep in. Because they're destructive. They bring disgrace and they bring us low. So if there's anything I could tell anyone out there right now, do not let pride take over your life and consume you. Give it to God because he can clean your heart. Amen. Amen. This has been an awesome episode. So we want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests. 
Let us know what you think about the episode. And as always, remember to share, comment, subscribe. Go to thepantrypodcast.com and the Facebook page and Instagram. I keep forgetting The Pantry Podcast to just connect with us, connect with others, and get a little more out of each episode. Till next time. Bye.